0: We return to
1: Oilers Now with
0: Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge
1: savings? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 chat. When I... Welcome back, everybody! Happy St. Patty's Day, Bob Stauffer, with you. We got a game night: the Edmonton Oilers and the Buffalo Sabers. So, who better to talk about a matchup between uh, two of the oldest goaltenders in the National Hockey League? In and around the NHL trade deadline with the Buffalo Sabres in town. Then a guy who got traded at the trade deadline played for the Buffalo Sabres and uh, had one of the gold, oldest uh, goaltending matchups in NHL history on the record. We'd like to welcome back to the show our Oilers Snail headliner brought to you by Wilhock beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, UK today. We welcome back Dwayne and Dwayne, it's Bob Stoffer. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? i uh, good good. You know, the team's uh, they're in the hunt. Was that you singing earlier? No, no, no. (laughs) I I might, maybe 11 o'clock tonight might be. We'll wait and see. Yeah, Uh,
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: I mean, I did win the La Rock karaoke contest one time back in 2008. Uh, He had all the folks that worked out at Body by Bennett come down, and I I fluked one off, Uh, but that's only because a couple of the regulars weren't there that night and everybody else was drunk. You know how that goes, so. Uh, Yeah. Now, were were you, could you Ever, could you ever sing back in the day?
1: Nope. I'm monotone. You're mon- I'm monotone and, and tone deaf. So it's just uh, it's one of those things that you don't want to hear me sing. Not even in the shower.
0: Not even in the shower. All right. Uh, look, tonight we have Mike Smith, who's uh, turning 40 later this year, against the 40-year-old Craig Anderson. You played, uh, did you play a 42 or 43? How old were you when you retired?
1: Uh... uh I forget. <laughs> Alzheimer. timer uh, No, 42, I do believe, when I, when I uh, officially hung up. You were going head-to-head so, go, head head against... In my 43 years.
0: Yeah, head-to-head uh, head against Martin, Saint, uh, or Martin uh, Brodeur. Uh, I was going to say Martin St. Louis. In fact, you might have even been on your team in that game. Uh, Martin Brodeur, it was a Tampa Bay versus uh, New Jersey matchup. Were you aware that, you know, I mean, you're playing against one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, but were you kind of chuckling, thinking to yourself a 42-year, Old against a 39-year-old in that matchup that night?
1: Yeah, well, uh, the year before I got traded down to Tampa, um, the Devils' goalie tandem was uh, Brodeur and Hedberg, and the Islanders was myself and Marty Biron. So we were joking one day in the warm-up. It's like, geez, we need some wheelchairs for the four of us to get through this game. And you know, then then that night, I remember uh, Marty came up coming up to me in warm-up. He's like, "Geez, we're the oldest to keep on." Promoting this on our on our website, we're the oldest tandem going against head to head each other, and it was just like, we're not that old, are we? So he just getting rid of one of those. I'm like, no, we're not, buddy. No, we're not. You, so you but, got uh, you,
0: you got 40 appearances in in that 2011-12 season. So you played a fair amount. How difficult? Like Mike Smith had a 9.23 save percentage last year, Dwayne. He had a great year. How how you know? And you were a late bloomer, but how difficult is it for a goaltender to keep up with the athleticism and the technical nuances in your goalie coach, as well all those years with the Ducks and the technical nuances in the game. Is it, you think it's easier to do to, uh, today because you know so much about head placement and economizing movement? What would you say to that?
1: Well, I, I think a lot of it is your
0: preparation
1: and you, tech, you can get all the technical and everything else, but it's just staying healthy. You know, Smitty had had a great le- year last year; he was healthy. And he, you know, at the beginning of the year, he tweaks the grind. I do believe, and now he's behind April. So now that's pretty hard for him to catch up. But if you're maintaining things throughout the summer and you, you're getting stronger and mentally fresh, you know, it's the mental part of it the, that's the taxing part of it. When you're getting fresh mental, mental, you know, sort of getting away from the game and mentally refresh every, recharge every day, it, it's not that hard. And I know age is a number, um, but. As long as you're moving well and physically you're 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 in good shape you're you're fine it's just really I didn't think there was no difference in, I thought I was better when I was forty two than when I was twenty nine and you know just because of the, the knowledge that I had about players and the game and you know, all that stuff so I think there is you know, between being in shape and being mentally ready. I think there's an advantage to being a little bit older, you know, with the experience and everything.
0: Dwayne Roloson joining us in Oilers now. Dwayne, uh, 32 years of age when you became a number one goalie for Minnesota in 2001, 2002, and I remember the two years before the lockout, 0203, 0304. You were off the charts. Like you had a 927 and a 933 save percentage. It was a bit of the dead puck era, but still, those are ridiculous numbers. I want to get though to 0-5-0-6, because you're with Minnesota, and then you get moved to the Oilers. And, and I remember Kevin Lowe giving up the number one. And I think the thought here at that time, and I talked to Kevin about the trade, was you know the Orders had an inconsistent goaltending all season, but you hadn't you know you had a, you'd, you had a tough record in the Minnesota. What do you recall about that trade? And did you think that you might be able to help you know get Edmonton in the playoffs and potentially get, go on a run?
1: Yeah, I just, you know, that, that year was in many. There was a lot, of, uh, a lot of funny things happened there and a lot of crazy stuff happened. Uh, I you just, you know, I think that that season, Nick Schultz probably scored on me five times and, you know, just one of those things. That anything that was going to happen was going to happen and end up in our net. Uh, so it was just, you know, it was a, a tough time that way mentally, but at the same time... Uh, you know, you, you deal with it and you move forward and you don't punish your teammates and you you know, you don't act out and say, you know, what the heck are you doing type of thing. You know, Schultz's a great buddy and a good friend and blah blah blah, blah. and so you're like hey, at least you're trying to stop stop the backdoor back door tapping type of thing, you know? Right. Um, and then from that point it was like I knew I was getting traded, um, you know Probably about three, three weeks or four weeks before the trade actually happened, I, you know, a um, good idea that uh, that I was getting traded. I just didn't know to where and and for what. And you know, we were on our way to practice, and I get a call from uh, from Doug Riseborough. He said, uh, "Jock wants to talk to you when you get to the practice rink, and then just wait for me before I before you go ahead and get on the ice." So I walk in, and, <laughs> well, Jack, I guess I'm getting traded. And <laughs> he just looked at me and started laughing. He goes, ah, oh, the Wiley veteran coming up with with the with the game plan. I said, no, where am I going? He goes, oh, "I I got away for Riser. And so R- Riser showed up. He goes, "Oh, you're going to Edmonton, so, which was great at the time. I knew Prongs was there. Pex was there. Who, who both of them I knew well from before and then obviously a few of the other guys I played with and world championships and and all that stuff so um, so I was happy again going back to Edmonton and and you know it was a whirlwind tour right away out to San Jose Columbus and then back to mini which was nice to be able to get packed and ready to go and get to see my family one last time before before we Went into the grind. Did you think that the team had the potential?
0: Uh, you know, I think you went 8-7-4 and four in your 19 appearances, 19 starts. But did you think that the team had – because, you know, they basically were playing at about an 880 save percentage before you got into town that year during the course of the regular season. And they, had, they were a pretty good five-on-five team. Did you think it was possible you guys could end up going on the run that you could?
1: Yeah, I was like sitting and talking to the Prongs and Pecs uh, throughout all – true at all um you know there's like yeah we're a good team but we're just we lack the confidence uh and i just and i say what do you mean it's like well it just seems like every night we'll, we'll put up four but we give up five and just like every night there's just that one goal that we need need stopped and you know for me during regular season it was a big adjustment coming in there you know, with Mac Tees guys, he wanted those guys to block shots and you know get in the shooting lanes and all that stuff. Especially RD, so it was a big adjustment for me coming from Minnesota, where John Lemare is like, we got a goalie who stops pucks. Just get a stick on puck, get out of the lane, let him see it, and box out. You know, so it was a big change for me. And then you know, it was a lot of there was a lot of uh, dialogue between myself and Jason Smith and Stevie Steyos about you know what do we do and so we came up with a game plan and by you know by the end of the year we had the game plan down of you know what what's going on with shot blocking and and from that point on it was just like you know, our d zone was was impeccable it was just our penalty killing was off the charts uh, we just were great in our own zone and were able to get in and get out fairly quickly, which I think sort of helped the guys have some confidence uh, at the other end of the score.
0: Dwayne Rolson. Dwayne, was there a point during the Detroit series where you guys thought you could beat them? Like, did you need to, to win a game, one of the two games in Detroit, or did you feel even before this... I I think you know the story. Robin Brownlee and me were the only media guys in Edmonton that said you guys were going to beat Detroit. I thought you guys were all wrong for them. You know, it's like the seed in Rocky. This guy's all wrong for you, you know, when they're talking about Apollo Creed. this guy's. I, I thought you guys were all wrong for Detroit. Like, Detroit had some older players. I knew how committed that group was, and they just needed a Spark. Um, that said, uh, you know I remember Speck saying Detroit was going to win in three. He's being a smart ass. But was there a yeah? Was there was there a point where you guys thought, hey, we can win this series?
1: Yeah, I, was, our main focus was obviously getting into the playoffs and yep. clinching the second last game of the year was was key. But right before clinching, we played Detroit at home and. You know, mind you, they were sitting a couple of guys, but we we played them very close and and strong. And we we sort of figured out their weaknesses, Their coaching, our coaching staff, you know, obviously with Simmer, Mac, and Charlie, or Simmer, Mac, Charlie, and Billy. They're unbelievable prescalers and good teachers and everything else. So, you know, after that game that we did well against them, They they just came up with a game plan. It's like, this is what we're doing, boys. We're either going to live and die by this, and it's the way we think we can play them, which will let's sit back a little bit more than normal, um, but be aggressive in the neutral zone, especially in Jolo, which is a smaller neutral zone. Um, Let them sort of Give them a little bit of confidence of moving the puck, getting the neutral zone crowded up, and create turnovers, and which we did. And we we played our system to a T, and we we're able to get some timely goals, some a couple of goals, and but uh, that's playoff hockey. And you know, we played our system and structure to a T. And you know, we, after game one, I think you know the game before playoffs, and then game one. Even though we lost game one, sort of gave us another bit of shot in the arm of saying, we can beat these guys. You know, just a little bit more here, a little bit more patience here. We can beat them, and Sure enough, you know we're able to put it together and come up with a win against
0: them. All right, I want to switch focus a bit. Uh, you, you know, 31 years of age before you became a number one goalie. The Oilers have got a 33-year-old Miko Koskinen and a 39-year-old Mike Smith. Smith trying to maybe you know work his way through some injuries. I'm going to read you the numbers in Koskinen: 22, nine, and three. That's his one-loss record. 904 save percentage. Uh, in the last 13 starts that he's started, the orders are 10, 1, and 2. I think he's around 923, 924 save percentage. Is it about the wins at the end of the day? Does that matter? Does, does the save percentage tell? Because it's interesting what's happened with Koskinen here. You know, there are fans in the offseason, well, they need to move him and get a different goalie. And and unfortunately for Smith, he hasn't been able to get back to the level that he's got. And as the season's gone on, the fans are like, you media were way too hard on Koskinen in the off season. And, and some of the media were hard. I, I always thought Miko's a good 1B goalie. But ultimately for a goalie, Dwayne, is it just about the Ws?
1: Um, yes and no. Um you know, W's come with timely saves, right? Uh, and with obviously the, the the firepower that they have up front, it's it's what you're going to give up on the back, on the back end. You know, giving up uh, some soft goals, or where you're now you're you're digging out of a hole every night. You know that that's tough. You know, making the saves that you have to make, just the routine saves, you know, anything, any of the soft ones that go in, it's a deflator for the team. And now the team's got to work a lot harder to either get tied up or get ahead. Or if they're already ahead, then you let a soft one in, to, and it's like, oh, here we go again, type of thing, right? So. So the wins obviously are important, but not letting the soft ones in are the important. The guys are going to score. It's a game of hockey. It's designed for people to score goals, And but it's not letting the easy ones go in is at the end of the day for me is the telltale sign. Um, you could have you could have eight shots and give up two goals as long as their backdoor tap-ins. You really can't go wrong, but if they're two shots from the outside – now, now I have an issue with that save percentage. So, you know, so and in, in plus different buildings, different people counting shots yes. and all that stuff. Uh, you know, makes a big difference in 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 stats as well. And you get pulled, and that that musters around with stats and all that stuff. So, you know, you gotta you gotta look at it from a bigger picture. What what's he giving up? What's what's a team giving up? What are what are the saves that he should have had? you know, versus the ones that he's taking away that he shouldn't, anybody in the right mind may, wouldn't have made that save, but made that save anyways. So, um, you know, those are those are the things you've really got to look at. And, and with analytics now in the game, you can find that stuff pretty easy on Instat and, and everywhere else. So. Those are the things for me that are important, especially in a playoff push and moving forward for a team to have success and have the confidence in their goaltending.
0: Dwayne, great stuff. Uh, You know, all those years with the Ducks. Last time we hooked up, I think you were in Seanigan Lake, and uh, now you're down. uh, If you don't mind sharing with us in 30 seconds or less, where are you living these days?
1: I'm down in Tampa here. Uh, I still go back to Ontario. I get uh, both boys are now in the U.S. One's in Green Bay in the USHL, and the other one's in college at Lake States. So, so we decided to move down to the U.S. here and just do a bunch of private training here and and uh, trying to trying to stay uh, cool in the in the hot weather. All right, that's
0: about it. Still getting lots of uh, texts coming in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, they still love you. For a lot of the uh, listeners to the show, I mean, they fell in love with the Oilers because of that 506 team. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers now. Thanks, Bob. Anytime you need. All right, excellent. That is Dwayne Rollison. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Stoffer Rogers Place, Edmonton and the Buffalo Sabres. There's going to be a lot of green in the building tonight. Royal Pizza Pizza Pass and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu to the list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stopper recommendation, Mediterranean Chicken. Into this day and order's history for New West Travel. Two spots left on our trip to Nashville. 1750 bucks. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. 1993, Bob, the day that they acquired Doug Waite from the New York Rangers in exchange for Essa Tikkanen. Now, Waite, of course, going on to become the captain of the team. He spent nine seasons in the uh, Oilers organization, 577 points across 588 games. Not a bad tenure. He was uh, the best player on a rebuilding team, had 100 point season. Uh, and Was it 95-96 or 96-97? What is making the playoffs? 96-97, upsetting Dallas in seven before losing to Colorado in five. And then the next year, perhaps a bigger uh, upset in large part because of Curtis Joseph Edmonton rallying from 3-1 down against Colorado had won the 96 Cup uh, and beat the Avs in seven before losing to Dallas in five. This day in Whaters History brought to you by New West Travel. Flying nonstop to Nashville. Flair Airlines. See the orders and the Preds, a mid-April trip. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Here's what we got rolling tonight. Face-off shows at 5.30 with Reed Wilkins, uh, Rob Brown, uh, Cam and me will have the call of tonight's game. It'll be Jack, Louie, Gene, uh, myself and John Shannon on the intermissions on NHL Hockey and Rogers night 7 p.m. buck drop. Tomorrow, guests will include from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid-City Construction Management, Elliot Friedman. And from Horse Racing Alberta Sports at Smart Spectre with live standard bed racing uh, down at Century Downs Racetrack, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons with guest host Ted Hanley. Let's keep going on the St. Patrick's Day theme. Back at you tomorrow, but I'll join you tonight, 5.30 for the pregame.